0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Adrian Bowe podcast featuring Troy Malcolm, AB. So good to see you for episode number one, two nine we are getting closer and closer to that 150 mark and to be honest ab i didn't think we'd get here uh i'm actually pleasantly surprised i'm very humbled on the feedback we get from all our listeners to all the listeners that are online right now make sure you smash that like button follow us send five stars send ab a text message email instagram post on how much you love the content and continue to send in your questions because that really gives us credibility out there in the market adrian we want to make sure that this is as relevant as possible it's not two talking heads. We're actually working with our clients that we uh, have become very close to over the past couple of years. Now, before we begin, mate, it goes without saying, how are you?
1: Very, very good. Thanks, Troy. And um, obviously, it'd be remiss not to to share the uh, recent news of your return, if you like, to the McGrath Network. So congratulations. Yeah, and uh, certainly you. great, great to be linking arms with, with John McGrath again. And uh, yeah, obviously the three of us are very close friends and have regular catch-ups and uh, terrific to uh, to definitely for you to, uh, to return and take a quite a senior leadership position within that business.
0: Yeah, it's a really exciting time, I think, Adrian. There seems to be a number of key leadership roles uh, around all the industry uh, that are moving and... Uh, I was presented with a, an amazing opportunity to rejoin the McGrath business. Uh, as most of our listeners know, I was there for over 20 years uh, alongside you. I think I still remember the first day I walked into the original Edgecliff office and uh, you were there with the team doing a training session. So um, very exciting to be, be linking back up with John Um I've been in now for a couple of days, and it feels like uh, it's back to normal. It's back to the early starts with with John, uh, and those that know John know that he's very early, and he he does like a phone call yeah. or a text uh, normally before six a.m. But uh, yeah. it's actually it's it's very exciting, uh, Adrian. So thank you, uh, thank you very much, and uh, watch this space because I think there's a number of exciting announcements that uh, the industry will be making as a whole. I continually go to the main platforms uh, and. Also, the the comms platforms and see some remarkable activities, people joining businesses, businesses growing, acquisitions happening. So I think it's that time of uh, the cycle, Adrian, that we do see quite a bit of movement. And to be honest, Adrian, when we think about the cycle, it's kind of uh, relevant. We talk a little bit about the cycle because right now we're seeing in pockets around Australia, actually the majority of pockets, there's a slight shift. And so the questions that we're going to cover off today in our Q&A are really... Really based around how do we overcome a shifting market? Now, there's quite funny, uh, the questions that we're going to answer, we're going to answer four of them today, they all have a similar tone, But what we've decided to do is break them up into the segments of our clients uh, and give you a few t- key tips to overcome them. Adrian, you've seen this yourself in your pocket, a slight shift in activity from both buyers, sellers, the market prices, all encompassing an even auction stock why is it important to make sure that we're match fit right now to really outpace the market in this particular topic?
1: Yeah. So I think what the industry needs to understand is we're back to a normal market where the last couple of years has been quite anomalous uh, and and quite an abnormal market, you know, frankly uh, you know, it's, it's been unprecedented to, to observe and experience, you know, 22 23% growth, whatever it might be in some particular pockets, you know, any any double-digit growth of any variation, you know, within a 12-month period is, is unusual. So I think normal markets are markets where you would get four or five registrations at an auction, not 15 or 18, um, and normal markets are where you may end up with one or two serious buyers on each property, regardless if it's auction or for sale. And a normal market is, you know, the average day on market might be, uh, you know, anywhere between 14 to 30, not, not, not two to seven, you know. So I think that's the first thing, just acknowledging that that wasn't the norm. It was the exception that we've just experienced. And the norm is probably here to stay for a little while. Cycles are called cycles for that reason that they they do tend to fluctuate and, and manic in nature, so I think that 's the first thing accepting and acknowledging that, and the experienced agents or even agents who understand buyer social, you know um, um, demographic and also um, their their mindset and vendors' mindset as well around the current market. Will, will perform a lot better than either unexperienced agents or agents that don't understand buyer psychology or seller psychology. So I think we, we need to acknowledge that, number one. Number two, we need to definitely double down on communication. That's with all stakeholders of the transaction, Troy. So that's the buyers, the sellers, the solicitors, the tradespeople, like communication is going to be key. I think that the the industry has done a full circle. We went from a very much a cottage-based, local, uh, immersion, community-type business into a very corporate space, and I think it's evolved back into that high-tech, yes, but very, very, very high-touch and local community and over-communication more back to that face-to-face. There's an insatiable appetite now for face-to-face given the void of two years where that has been a challenge due to COVID. So, you know, we look to answer your question, it's number one, acknowledging we are where we are and we're a normal market. Number two is really making sure over-communication as much face-to-face communication with all stakeholders just for full transparency and to be that trusted advisor that is providing feedback, whether it's to a buyer or a seller, indiscriminately. What I mean by that is you can't just be there as a blue sky merchant. You can't just be there when the campaign's going well. You need to have a robust conversation to provide recommendations as a doctor, lawyer, accountant would to not just identify an issue, but to provide multiple solutions in order to rectify that issue.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The, the way that the most experienced agents and those that have lived through a number of cycles in their real estate career, they're actually very excited about this market. And, uh, you know, you see it time and time again uh, when, when these shifts happen or a normal market occurs or an upshift, uh, it's those that are willing to embrace the change, as you said, and, and really go with it um, instead of dwelling in the past or being that blue sky optimist um, that really do see the benefits and see the success. Adrian, you mentioned buyers and sellers, and we're going to give a couple of tips to our clients, our our listeners right now around how to manage and over communicate to them. So let's start with the buyers if we can. What are some of the things that your team and your clients are doing in regards to buyer communication? You said we've got to double down on it. What are two or three of the top tips that you're doing right now out there in the market to make sure that buyers are fully across the detail and are sticking with the property to perform at the right moment?
1: Yeah. So it goes back as a segue from what, you know, that first point was the over-communication and then going back to those face-to-faces, because again, people have this insatiable appetite now to to get in front of more people. I think, um, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, isolating, working from home, you know, it, it, it has become a, quite fatiguing and, you know, all humans need, need interaction. So, you know, I'm finding certainly with my immediate team and the coaches, the agents that I'm coaching directly, um, is buy. If we're talking about buyers, I'm highly encouraging. Given the reduction in number of quality qualified buyers, uh, especially leading into an auction campaign, you know, if you're going to have three or four registrations rather than 14, book a time and get face to face for 20 minutes rather than. That default approach in a in an abnormal market where you know you would have a very tidy shortlist of buyers, you would call them twice a week leading into an auction campaign, or even if it's just for sale, people who've taken contracts and you would just touch base with them and say, just letting you know the auction's still on track, are you still planning to come, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's not going to cut it anymore because that type of surface uh, communication, if you will, is is not substantial enough Hmm. because, you know, all sins were forgiven in an abnormal market where you could guide and guess, you know, you have the price guide and you guessed buyers were 10% above that. That's not going to cut it anymore. So what we're doing and what I'm encouraging all my clients to do is if you do have three or four buyers on a property, spend 20 minutes. That's a highly dollar productive activity to have a face-to-face meeting and ask very direct questions to uh, provide very direct responses which could be where do you see value bidding to and where do you see yourself as a maximum if it was a competitive auction and you know some people might think well no one's going to tell you that you'd be surprised you know and then that way you can provide accurate feedback and also look at your metrics you know have they taken a contract what else have they done apart from that being through a couple of times changes to the contract pest and building inspection um you know what are the other metrics there so i think over communicating over analyzing and and full transparency with buyers and will provide you a better recommendation to your seller therefore a more accurate uh result you know come come auction day in terms of expectations and current reality.
0: Yeah, so what I'm hearing, Adrian, is speak to them early, speak to them frequent, and make sure you understand uh, how deep they're going, right? So if they've missed out on a property, what was the expectation there? The progressing of buyers that we've spoken about Mm. a lot, but it's more and on a more intimate level. So really getting to know them and don't leave anything to chance. Don't wait until the last week if they're a contract holder to say, oh, you're still coming to the auction. Those days Mm. are definitely gone. You've got to get on early and go hard with them to make sure that they understand the circumstances. Now, Adrian, similar to that, I think the same recipe for success would be applicable to vendors. But is there anything else you're doing in regards to the vendors right now uh, around their strategy to see a successful result?
1: I do feel, Troy, that pricing the property sensibly, you know, to start with is is important. There was some issues, I think, with some of the early auctions in the year, given they were listed in, in November. With November expectations, and then there was some adjusting to to conduct, and some education around not not historical data, which were 2021 sales, but but actual relevant sales, which were 2022 sales. Mm. The same as what a, what a valuer would look at, Troy, if they were deployed on behalf of a financial institution for refinancing or purchase, you know, they they wouldn't look at October, November sales. They'd look at, you know, the the last few weeks. So I think that's important, number one. Number two is, is, you know, whether we call it a set-to-sell meeting or an expectation meeting, and we've spoken about that, you know, ad nauseum on this podcast, really just making sure that you're providing owners the uh, options around what the potential scenarios could be on a week to week basis. Um, and what does that sound like? What's well, it's Troy, just letting you know that my metric to know whether we're on track or not for this Saturday is going to be 10 groups. If there's going to be less than 10 groups, when we chat next week, we certainly do have solutions at our disposal, uh, which we can control, pricing we can control marketing we can control presentation we can't control Ukraine we can't control interest rates we can't control the floods we can't control a change of government you know the list goes on um, and and also you can't control the fact that the house might have a block of units next to it or it's a narrow street or there's an easement in the back. I mean, all those things which, if you focus on, become your reality. But if you market a property like your life depends on it, you present it like your life depends on it, and you over-communicate with buyers and sellers on transparent pricing, then it's very hard not to sell a property in this market. Very hard not to sell. Perfect. Now, Adrian,
0: anyone that's out there um, as we start to wrap up this episode, anyone that's out there that may have uh, been listening to this for the first time, haven't gone through our expectations, our pricing alignment, our buyer management strategy, they may have had an auction or a property that's just had extended days on market what are some of the things that they can be doing if their property passed in on the weekend and the level of interest is not at the level that the vendors are willing to accept? What are some of the things that they can be doing out there right now um, to try and get and pull together a successful result?
1: Yeah, great question. I actually wrote a piece on REB about this in particular with a bit of a checklist there. So if anyone wants to take a deeper dive, just go to the REB website and look for my article there. Um, So a few things because we won't have time to go through all of them. But But the first thing we need to do is is identify with a fixed price. Now, and even in Queensland, we're allowed to do this with, with private treaty. Okay. So that's a fixed published price. The biggest mistake agents make when a property doesn't sell is not acknowledge and embrace the attraction of private treaty. a buyer's perspective and the attraction of private treaty or private sale from a buyer's perspective is a published fixed asking price or call it a buy now price if we want to use sort of gig economy type language right so that's the first thing because price ranges or unpublished pricing it could work for an auction strategy but you're now in a private treaty or a private sale environment. Embrace the advantages of that, which is appealing to buyers who can identify with a fixed price. That's the first thing you need to do. Um, in terms of how you price that, that depends on each situation, each motivation, each client, each uh, campaign, how it's performed, et cetera. Um, secondly, you need to review the campaign over the last 30 days And whatever you did, you need to do it differently, right? So, you know, if we were using the same hero shot, let's change it. If we didn't have a social media boost, let's do that. If we didn't have a video, well, let's look at that. If we didn't have um, audience maximise or an REA, let's have a look at that. If we didn't have dream homes on domain, let's have a look at that. If we didn't do just listed uh, uh, letters or flyers in the local community or at a buyer origin suburb where you've identified, for example, a buyer is usually originated from one suburb and moves to the other, have a look at that. And then can you also do the same in terms of geo-targeting on Facebook? Yes, you can. So let's have a look at that. Um, the, 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 the list goes on. There's just a bit, but the, the, the message is um, review what's happened, identify the gaps, and plug those gaps because there's no empty houses in Australia. That uh, that property has a buyer. Uh, you, we just we just need to price it well, present it well, market it well, and ensure that we're on top of it, proactively taking a pulse on it every 48 hours from that point to ensure that we identify that right buyer.
0: Yeah, and the golden rule as well, Adrian, that you and I have always worked with is the fact that if it does pass in at auction, that is simply the first stage campaign. The second stage campaign is making it a full sale or a private treaty property online. So there's never a failed campaign. Like Adrian just said, you've got to price it well, you've got to promote it well, and you've got to make sure that it's presented in a way that buyers will be attracted to that property. AB, I want to thank you. We are running out of time very quickly. I know how busy you are. We've had to reschedule uh, this meeting twice this morning. We meant to do it late yesterday afternoon and we had to reschedule this morning because you were caught on a call. This is now locked in, guys. Episode number 129 uh, coming to you, the eighth. Adrian Bowe podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. We will be back with episode number 130 with you next week. To everyone that does tune in all the time, thank you so much for listening. We really enjoy your feedback. So again, like I said, at the start of this podcast, make sure you jump online, you rate us five stars, you leave a review. Uh, AB, your book as well, why I think about it, your book is getting phenomenal reviews. I keep seeing all over social media that people are watching that. That's available at Amazon as well. So if you can't find it on Adrian's website. Go to Amazon and search uh, for Adrian's book. AB, thank you again. Episode number 129, signing off. Until next week, I'm Troy Malcolm. That's Adrian Bowe. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, Troy. Thanks, listeners.